Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of the Almost Adult Podcast. I'm Isabel, and if you happen to listen to my very first episode, which was the last episode, you may have heard that I I had a different name for this podcast. And that would be true, I did have a different name, but two hours, like literally two hours after I posted that first episode, I was like sitting in my room and I was thinking about it and I was like, I really don't like the name of this podcast because like thinking of names are hard like I wanted I wanted a title that would like accurately represent what I'm about to talk about in this podcast and I thought that thinking out loud was okay but I thought it it didn't really represent who I was but with the almost adult podcast I think that's much better because like you know I'm gonna be a rising senior I'm almost going to college which is crazy but yeah, I'm almost going to college. And I feel like college is when you start becoming an adult because you gain more responsibility. You're going to be on your own. I no longer have to live in my parents' house, which I'm excited about. And yeah, and I also think that um, I might be wrong about this, but I feel like I if I act older than the average 17-year-old, or at least I act older than my peers around me, that makes me feel like I feel older. And for years, people always thought I was older than I actually was. So I thought the almost adult podcast, because maybe like I'm mentally older than I am. I don't know if that makes sense. But we're going to roll with it. Yes. Okay. Before I get into the contents of this episode, I just want to say that... um. I'm very, very, very surprised that I got support on my very first episode because, like, honestly, I just started doing this podcast for fun and never thought that I would get the support I had so early, even though it's, like, a tiny bit of support. But to me, that's, like, it's so much support for little me. That is, like, crazy. So um, it literally, like, I had an awful week this week. But like drama and stuff and like my my podcast and like the spot I got on my podcast and my Instagram and my DMs really brighten that up for me. So if you're happening to listen to this podcast and you love what I'm doing, I would really appreciate if you can rate this podcast on Spotify. Oh wait, I don't think Spotify has ratings. Like Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you're watching this that has ratings, just to like help me grow out to others and I would really appreciate it. Okay, with all that podcast jumble out of the way, so today's a Sunday, and my last official day of school, or online school, because thank you, Corona, is this Friday, and I thought a way to celebrate the last week of school is to talk about me being valid Victorian and my academic um, this year. Now, in my first episode when I was introducing myself, I mentioned that I was in the top 1% of my class, but I didn't mention that I was number one. And that's because like I'm I get very uncomfortable like just outright saying I'm valid Victorian. Like and I always like over th- Throughout the course of this year, I always thought about why I was so uncomfortable. And I compiled a list of why I might be uncomfortable about it. But yeah, I just don't know. Like, I never tell people I'm valedictorian unless they ask. 
Because, like, I don't want to seem like I'm bragging or something. But I'll go into more into that later. But for, like, mostly everyone I know at my school, or at least knows me well, knows I'm valid Victorian. My friends, like, every time my friends introduce me to a new person, they're like, oh, here's Isabel. She's valid Victorian. So that's how, like, so it's either they ask me or my friends tell them that I'm valedictorian, which I don't, I, that always, that I always wondered about that. They always mention that. They're like, yeah, she's valedictorian. Like, I don't, mm, I don't know. Makes it seem, I don't know if it's like for them to seem like they have a smart friend, which all my friends are intelligent. I'm not saying they're stupid. Just, I don't know. Always something I wondered about. But being valedictorian, this is like an assumption. I don't know. No one's really told me. But I feel like a lot of people think that just because I'm valedictorian that I have it easy. Like they think everything comes easily to me and I'm just living my life with all my A pluses and stuff. But there's like little people know how much stress it is, at least for me being valid Victorian is and how valid like literally being valid Victorian is that was the center of my stress junior year so in this episode I titled it the side effects of being valid Victorian so this is like all the things that happened to me specifically because I was valid Victorian and maybe it's just because of the title of being valid Victorian or maybe the stuff I have to do or stuff I have to keep doing to be valid Victorian so yes so I have four different points and then at the end of this episode I want to talk about if you happen to be in school the tips that I use to work hard to become um valedictorian I feel like I'm saying valedictorian so much someone should count it for me so sorry so I'm gonna give tips on how to become valedictorian and to keep my GPA up which, if you're in school, that might be helpful for you. And just a disclaimer, I'm not trying to brag about valedictorian. In fact, everything in this episode is like pretty negative. And But I just thought it'd be an interesting perspective because you never, I don't know if people would think that someone who is perceived so smart can struggle so much. And if you happen to be a valedictorian in your own way, let me know if you relate to these things somehow. Okay, going into my first, oh wait, before I go into my first point, I just want to like talk about my academic history and my GPAs and all that stuff. So currently, um, this is since school ends in a week, so I don't have my updated GPA, but I can give you like an estimate. So my current GPA is, um, un, I don't know the difference, unweighted Okay, out of the 4.0 scale, I obviously have a 4.0. But out of like my weighted GPA, I don't I don't really remember. It's like the ones that's not 4.0. So like my school is out of a 5.3, mine's is a 4.822 to be exact. And okay, so from kindergarten, I don't remember kindergarten, but I'm just from kindergarten all the way to seventh grade. I was never perceived as the smart kid. I was kind of like average. 
there were people, there were smart kids in my grade, but I, I wasn't just, I was never that smart t- compared to them. Um, going into middle school, I was never really, in sixth grade, I was never perceived as a smart kid. There was, there was no like levels. They're like, oh, honors kids. Oh, wait, that reminds me. So like in third grade, all the elementary schools. So I don't know if you know of the TAG program. It's called the Talented and Gifted program. So it's like a program that spans from fourth grade to like um, eighth grade. And you take a test in third grade to determine if you're smart enough to be in it. And I took the test and I didn't get in. But I know people who have. So that should tell you how not valedictorian-y, that's a word, I was in elementary school. I was, I don't think I was right. I always knew I was good at math because... Um, in third grade, that's when we were learning like multiplication and division. I ate that up. Like I was so good at it. I remember um, in my third grade classroom, we would have like, I forgot what it was called. It was like multiplication time. And it was like the teacher. So they would have two, two um, lines. There would be a girl's line and a boy's line. And we would sit down in our lines and the teacher would um, be at the front of the line. And it would be a boy versus a girl which I never really thought much about it, but that's kind of like weird. But it was like a boy versus a girl and a teacher would rip up, she would like um, flip up a card and it would be like four times five. And whoever said it quicker would stay in the front of the line and the loser would go all the way to the back. And I remember that like the boys in my class, every time they see that um, I'm up, they would always like try to shuffle back because they were scared of me which is probably the only instance of that in the third grade. But yeah, I, and also like I got in trouble in third grade and I had to move my desk all the way to the back of the room. And that's when we had those multiplication times. So I would literally run. When I heard we're having those um, multiplication times, I would run to the very front of the line and I would just like sit there for the almost, in the, almost the entire time, just like being faster than the boys. But yeah, that's a fun little story. So I always know I was good at math. I was learning pre-algebra in um, fifth grade because it was in my advanced math class. But that was like, I was so not good at English. Like, oh, just like sometimes I think the Eng- like English class would be the death of me sometimes ever since elementary school. I hate writing. I hate everything related to English and writing. But so I was never good at that. So I obviously wasn't in advanced class for that. But starting in seventh grade, that's when um, I... Sorry, I heard people outside. Um, that's when I like people started thinking me as smart. I don't know what made them think that. Maybe because like I would always get good grades. But yeah, I was always, I just, I remember I have like vague memories and stuff right, of people thinking I was smart. Someone called me um, a walking dictionary, which absolutely not true. I have even now I have such a low vocabulary. I remember I was like taking an online, I don't know the name of the website, but I was taking this um, vocabulary test. And I was like, oh, test your vocabulary level. And I got fifth grade. A junior in high school got fifth grade. I don't know if that's accurate, but like, I was like, oh, that's fitting. Cause like, I do not have good word choice. Where was I? I always get off topic. Oh, yeah, walking dictionary. So this girl called me a walking dictionary. I was like, no one 
in my head, I was like, no, I'm not. But I'm not going to tell her, no, I'm not. You know, like, let people keep their perception of me. But it didn't, like, people not did not perceive me as smart until eighth grade. That's when, like, people started getting more competitive in my grade. Especially in, like, my Algebra 1 class. If you can, like, my middle school, I live in a big city. Well, not like, I live in a medium-sized city. So, there was about 200 kids in my middle school class. And if you took, like, the absolute, I don't know if the teachers did this on purpose, but if you took the smartest kids in that class and put it in one math class, that was my math class. Like, literally the smartest of the smart kids were in that class. So, and that caused, and I don't know if my math, Algebra 1 teacher did this purposely, but she kind of, like, provoked a little competition among her students like she would always um publicly acclaim students that did the best on her test and always got the hundreds and that was always used to be me and this one other girl and it like literally <laughs> she used to do it so much that the, like literally all the boys in my math class they like not bull I don't know if I would consider it bullying but they, they like, there was like this year long joke about me because I was a bully. They called me a bully and accused me of stealing their homework. And that's why I had the grades that I had, which was looking back, even, well, looking back and even back then, I thought it was so hilarious. And like, I love attention like that. So I was like literally having fun with that. I was like, yeah, I'm a bully. I'm going to steal your lunch too. Okay. And then freshman year, freshman year, um, I wasn't really perceived as smart. I mean, I was perceived as smart, but I wasn't perceived as valid Victorian smart. Until um, ranks came out. So your ranks, so like since you're a beginning, if you're a freshman, you don't really have your rank. So you, your ranks don't come out until the end of freshman year because that's when you finally finished all your first year classes. So when I got my rank, it saw that I was number two. And I was so shocked about that. I was like, what? I thought everyone else was getting A pluses in their class. Like the classes were not that hard. And I like, if you told me, if you told freshman Isabel that I would be valedictorian, I would be very shocked because I never thought I would be that smart enough to be um, valedictorian. And like, um, just to let you know, there is, at my high school, there is 4,301 students. And in my class alone, it's the last time I checked, it was like 749. At one point, it was like almost 900, but people drop out. But yeah, it's like currently it's like 729 students. So out of 729 students, like I would never think I would be number one. Right? So when I heard it was number two, I was like shocked. I was like, that that can't be true. And sophomore year, I made a promise to myself. I was like, I what well, I never thought I would be valedictorian. I thought it would be too late for me because I thought the current, the back then valedictorian would try their best to keep their um, spot. So my goal was just to keep number two. And the only way to ensure that you keep being number two is if you get the highest possible GPA in each every single one of your classes. So that means getting eight pluses in every single one of your class, which by the skin on my teeth, I achieved. And um, beginning of junior year, apparently, oh, wait, never mind. 
So by the skin of my teeth, I got all A pluses. And by junior year, I became valedictorian. Victorian. Yeah, it's as simple as that. That's uh, my GPA back then. So beginning of sophomore year, my GPA was seven four point seven. Yeah, four point seven something like that, and I took one AP sophomore year. Which fun fact? I'll be graduating high school only taking one AP, which is kind of like crazy when you think about it. I'm in my IB program, so I'm obviously taking higher level classes. But still, if I just walk up to someone like, or I'm in, like, I'm in college, they're like, oh, how many, I don't know if they ask this question. I'm just assuming. They're like, oh, how many APs you took? I'm like, one. It's like, what? But yeah, but I take seven IB classes, so I think that makes up for it. But where was I? Okay, I'm done. I'm done talking about my stats. So, oh yeah. So, um, I calculated my expected GPA. Actually, I calculated my would be, but since COVID nineteen, my grading policy changed, so it's gonna be higher than the number I'm about to say. So, I think it's gonna be a five point But since um, my like COVID-19 changed my grading policy, it's probably going to be higher than that. It's probably going to be a 5.1 maybe, which is insane. So, yeah. And it's safe to say that um, I will be valedictorian going into senior year, which is nice. A little something extra to put into college applications. Okay. Now we're going to get into the side effects of being valedictorian. Kind of like, uh, so wait, before I get into that too. So like I, my inspiration from this is like James Corden. Like if you happen to watch late night TV, like if you know James Corden, one of his segments is like um, side effects and he'll do like random side effects of things like being a celebrity. Thought that, thought that was a little cool thing. Okay, sorry, a little, that was off topic. But number one of, the side effects of being valid Victorian. Having an inflated, having an inflated ego and being kind of narcissistic. Now, do I think I'm narcissistic? I'm being honest with myself, kind of. I I like to think of myself selfish when it comes to my future. And I'm I'm not saying I'm not ashamed of that. You should, that's definitely not something you want to brag about. But I think of myself as being a very reflective person. And like, sometimes what I do is I think about parts of my personality. I think about all the bad things about my personality. For example, like being, having an inflated ego. And I think, okay, why do I think I'm better than I actually am? And I pinpointed it back to being valid Victorian. Now, so in middle school, I had like no friends. <laughs> I had like like little to no friends because I was like socially awkward and very, very shy in middle school. So going from like literally having no friends to people giving you an elevated respect because of a title 
can do stuff to you. Like, I started to think that I was better and smarter than I actually was, which is like very, in my opinion, I think that's very harmful. And like, sorry, I'm gathering my thoughts. And like, being given an identifiable trait, like for example, the star quarterback, the class president, the valid Victorian, that makes you feel a little bit special. That makes you feel like you're on a different pedestal than the rest of your classmates, especially when you have as many classmates as I do in my class. So I let that like get to me a little bit. And sometimes, so like, okay, I'm being very brutally honest with myself right now. But there'll be times like I'll be in class and I would value someone's input and sometimes opinion based off like their class rank. And I know that now that like I shouldn't be doing that and I try to, I stop myself from doing that. But like, that's really not a good, like, I don't even think GPA and rank, um, accurately represents how smart you are but I used to let um that number dictate what I thought of you which I stopped doing that I honestly couldn't care less now and that was like for a brief moment too and like another thing that helped me boost my like inflated my ego is every time like literally this would go back to like middle school Every time we were in a group project or we're working in a group, like no matter, like probably 90, 97% of the time, um, my class, like my peers would let me take charge in a project. And that's because like, not because I thought I was smarter than them, but it's because like, if you want something done right, you do it yourself, obviously. I have really bad trust issues, so I'd rather just do everything myself. Like, for example, um, so this year in English class, we were in a, we were reading, we had reading groups. So each book, we, like, switched groups. And I had two different, and we had to write, and I had two essays for that book. One essay that you write yourself, and then one essay that the group's supposed to write. And... I probably put more time into the group essay than my three other um my three other peers did combined and then you times that by two. I'm being so serious about that. And it's not because they were lazy. I actually really like my group and I thought they were hardworking people. It's just because my rank, I knew how bad that um that essay was gonna hurt my GPA if it wasn't done correctly. So I literally revised that essay three times along with my personal essay. So probably I like literally spent maybe eight hours editing those two essays, not including the probably like three to four hours it took to write that. So I was looking at 12 hours over those two essays, which in case you're wondering, um, I think I got a hundred on both of them. So at least I can say it's worth it. <laughs> but yeah, I just, I feel like everything has to be done. If you want to write, you have to do it yourself. 
And just how easy my peers let me take charge, it kind of like almost validated that ego and let me inflate it anymore. But like since I realized, um, once I caught myself having that ego, I started becoming like kind of more reserved when it comes to my opinion. So wait, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. So I have like one of my fears is telling people the wrong thing. So I choose not to speak on my opinion um, unless I know all the facts about it. Because you never want to like give out wrong information. And especially in high school, like one of my pet peeves about high school is like the kids in my class can be so patronizing. It's so annoying. I hate it. And sometimes I just ignore. I (laughs) I would ignore people who are patronizing. And like being valedictorian reduces how people patronize me. But in some cases, some people would try to patronize me even more. Like there's this one girl um, in my current class, like engineer, I'm not going to say the class, but um, she would always try to patronize me in group, like in group work. And it was like forced group work too. Like I did not choose to be with her. Um, yeah, she would always try to patronize me. She would try to like discredit me. And I'm like, oh my, and this was at the beginning of the school year. I barely knew her. I was like, oh my God, why? Like, I don't know. I don't know if she like, I don't even know if she knew about like my rank and stuff. But I think she got a sense that like I like to be in control of the group work and she tried to like go over me. Okay. Okay, number two. Something that I like to call rank stress. R-A-N-K, stress. And as the title ensues, it's stressed about my rank, about being valedictorian. Now, so I like, want, obviously I want to keep valedictorian. So I have to keep up my GPA and my grades about it. And like, I'm, I was, I'm going to reveal like a one little tip um, now that I was going to share at the end. But every assignment counts towards your GPA. Every single one from homework assignments to class participation, like all of it matters. So I found I would literally have full-blown panic attacks and mental breakdowns about um, my rank and how I could potentially lose it. And I know that's awful. I tr- like I would like to tell myself that being valedictorian doesn't matter, but to me it matters. And this is a free country. I can I can worry about whatever I want, so I don't need the shame. I know, like, <laughs> probably the amount of stress I put on maintaining my rank, you're probably thinking, is well, this is so not important. Like, there's so many things you, be, so many more important things that you can be stressing about. But, I mean, I feel like telling someone not to be anxious about something is like, I don't even know. It's like telling a smoker to quit smoking. Just like stop, like telling a smoker just stop buying cigarettes. Like, it's not that easy. And it can't be done overnight. But I try to, 
I try to not worry about it, but like it it was the center of my worry junior year. Cause like when you're not doing good on an assignment, because like like every kid in my grade, or not every kid, but like the average kid in my grade, they just worry about maintaining an A. It doesn't matter if it's an A plus, A minus, they just want an A or even a B. But for me, I have an elevated like my goal is to have an A plus. So that window of error is so much smaller. And every time like I would, I saw the opportunity to lose it, I would have mental breakdowns and I would panic and I would have so much anxiety about it, especially with swinger classes. So I have a, I have a little name for some of my classes called swinger classes. It's basically like, like just like in a presidential election, like swing states, it's like states can, could either be red or blue. So I kind of, so that relates to my class. Like it can either be an A or an A plus. And those classes cause me the most stress because like it will fluctuate back and forth, back and forth. Like I would have A's, A plus, A, A plus. And like that was the pinnacle of my stress. Like if I didn't have any um, swing classes, that would, I would probably reduce my stress so much. Um, freshman year, freshman year, freshman year and sophomore year, my, um, swing classes were math, because, I don't know, high school math is, like, not my forte, <laughs> like, I don't do well, but also my teachers, my freshman and sophomore math teachers were awful, just straight up awful, which, that's another story for another time. Um, for junior year, it actually changed by term. So term one, it was math, obviously. Um, term two, it was Spanish and English. And term three, or what was the little time I had with term three before Corona, it was English. And like English class was like the main, um, the main problem I had with because it was so close. It's so close to an A or A plus. So that was the class I stressed most about and the most unpredictable class too. So it was like with, at least with math class, like I knew what every test, like I knew the format of the class, but with English, it was like so unpredictable. I couldn't even, I couldn't even predict my grade by the end of class, by the end of the term. So, so this stress would literally keep me up at night. I would just be, I'd be asleep. I mean, I would try to fall asleep. It's like one of those moments when you're like, your head's down and you're sleeping. And then your eyes just burst open thinking about it. And I, it would just keep me up at night sometimes. Which goes into my third um, side effect is wanting to keep it but others wanting it. So being valedictorian, you still have to worry about number two. You still have to worry about number three. And in my case, I have to worry about number four too because they're in the same program as me. And I still have senior year to maintain my rank. And like, I know you're not supposed to worry about the competition and blah, 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 blah. In most cases, I don't worry about the competition. Like, I feel like it's much more useful to spend your time and energy improving yourself 
other than worrying about the other competition. But I, this is like the only situation where I worry about like the competitors, right? And like, I would literally like, um, I would stay up at night literally punching numbers of um, my competitors to see, okay, if my competitors get this many A pluses, then I have to get at least this much in order to be ahead of them, and et cetera, et cetera. And like, let's just say I have the connects. It's a big school. I have the connects to um, figure out their GPA. Just going to keep it at that. I didn't have, like, access to their transcripts. I could, I, like, I'm on relatively good terms with all of them. So if I wanted to, I could ask for the GPA, but I just didn't want them to think I'm weird. <laughs> Not weird, but, like, you know, think of them as a competitor. Because some of them are, like, really good friends of mine. So I don't want them to, like, start to be competitive. Don't want that. Got to keep everything on the down low. But yeah, so like, so just to summarize points two and three, the my the center of my stress was assignments that could potentially bring them down, which is more often than not, and worrying about my competitors doing better than me. Okay, so going into my last... Um, Sorry, I just blanked out. Oof. Okay, going into my last side effect, which is about the, about the future, is wanting to do your school right by going to a top school and therefore stressing about it. And, like, I thought this wouldn't be interesting, like, making an episode all about, like, college applications and stuff. But I couldn't, if you're, if you're interested, like, just DM me on Instagram saying you want to, um, listen to that episode and I will happily make it for you. But, like, being valid Victorian, so I know the valid Victorians from the class of 20 and the class of 19. The 20 person, the 20 valid Victorian went to Harvard or is going to Harvard and the valedictorian of 2019 goes to Princeton. And I know, like, this is another instance that I'm comparing myself. But, like, I just want to not only do my school right, but do myself right. Because I feel like if you work so hard over the past four years, you just want your school to reflect how hard you work. And I just want to go to a school that I'm proud of. Like, I don't, I honestly, like, I don't think the Ivy League scene is meant for me. But I guess I wouldn't know that unless I visit the campus. Hopefully I can visit some schools in the fall. I visited Sarah's schools. Because, like, during um, February vacation, I procrastinated. That would have been the perfect time to visit schools. But it is what it is. But, yeah, I just don't think the Ivy League is, like, would fit my personality. So, but I do want to go to a top school. I'm not going to reveal my top school because I don't want to jinx it. But, like, I'm looking, I'll just say I'm looking at schools, top schools up and down the East Coast. But in order to, like, 
But as we all know, college applications, they don't care. They just, they don't care about rank. Or at least they don't just care about rank. They care about SATs. And they care about activities. And they care about essays. Oh my god, essays? Like, that's going to be the death of me. I already told you earlier. I'm not a good essay writer. I'm, like, finding people. I'm, like, assembling a, um, what's it called? A team of people to look at my essay. I... I also have to start writing it. But, like, I don't know. I feel like my life is very boring. So that's going to be hard. But, yeah, just, like, all these different components that um, go into college applications. I have to make sure that that is as good as being valedictorian. And I'm just afraid that, like, people will talk if the valedictorian got rejected from Harvard or didn't get into an Ivy League school or go to a or go to a what's it called a public university which I'm not dissing any of those I'm like I wouldn't be surprised if I go to a public university I wouldn't be ashamed of it either I just want to go to a school I'm proud of and I want to do my school good and I want to do my teachers good and I want to do my deans good and my principal and everyone else I just want everyone to be proud of me and I want to be proud of myself. I want to validate, like, this is all, all that stress about being valedictorian, all that school stress is finally worth it by getting to blank university. Okay, so those are the four little side effects I had. Do I put unnecessary stress on myself? Absolutely. I know it's, I know it's um, unnecessary. And literally every time I'm done having my mental breakdown, I'm like, Isabel, you really don't need to be stressing about this. But then again, like literally a couple minutes later, I'm back to stressing about it. But you're pro like one question I constantly ask myself throughout the course of this year was, why am I valedictorian? Like, I never thought I would be smart enough for that position. And I think, like, I think what it comes down to is how hard you work. Like, there's few things I would bet on in this life. But one of the few things I would bet on is I work harder than anyone else in my class. I will bet on that. Like, I work, like, I care about school and grades more than anyone else. Because I'm, I... Like, to, I think about my future a lot. I want to go to the top school. I want to go to medical school. I want to be a scientist and own my own lab. And I know that journey started first day of freshman year. And so I work hard in my grades. And also, like, working, working like, as hard as I do on assignments doesn't, like, it teaches me more things than about getting stuff right. Like, it teaches me about worth ethic worth ethic and um, dedication and perseverance and keeping a habit and maintaining a routine and all that other stuff that would be useful in the future. So valedictorian isn't, I don't like to think as valedictorian as how smart you are. It's, I mean, mathematically, it's how many, how, the person who has the most A's, I guess. But when it comes down to it, valedictorian is about 
how hard you work, how hard you work in your classes, and how much you understand the material that you can accurate, you can um, get good grades on assignments. I'm sorry if you can hear that. My window's open and my street loves to do yacht, um, lawn work. Okay, sorry for being distracted. But as maybe some of you guys are waiting for, here are my tips or some advice about how I became valedictorian. <laughs> so I like to think that your GPA is like a piggy bank. So when you like, I have a piggy bank in my room. I don't know if you, people keep piggy banks anymore, but I like to think like I like to think of it as an emergency fund. But if you have a piggy bank, you most people will just if, if they see some change on the floor or they see some change lying around their house, they're more likely to put quarters and dimes or even nickels into your piggy bank. And like Oh, just for like reference, a higher GPA, higher money in your bank is like higher GPA. And the quarters are like big assignments. Dimes and nickels are like test, for example. So, but a lot of people, they disregard the pennies. And the pennies are like homework assignments, class participation, if your teacher grades it, etc. And like... If you save a lot of money, you're like the pennies will add up. In that those pennies, like that five dollars with the pennies that you have, can be the difference between if you get that item that you wanted to buy them with or not. So you have to make sure you put every single penny, nickel, dime, quarter into your piggy bank. Because you don't want to come up short when you have to go to the cashier and buy stuff with your piggy bank. So, with that being said, you make sure you have to do your absolute hardest on every single assignment that is handed to you, even extra credit. Because, like, think of it as, like, a rainy day. Like, if you don't do well on that, on that quiz or that test or that homework, at least you have 100% in homework or 100% in class participation. So it will absolutely ruin your grade. My second tip is um, developing a good relationship with your teachers so they can give you a little bit of leeway. So, like, do you have to be best friends with your teachers? Absolutely not. I am not, I do not consider myself a goody two-shoes, despite what a lot of people may think of me. But, like, it's just as simple as participating in class, staying after for extra help, Super lawnmower. Yeah, staying after for extra help. Just like um, having a positive relationship with your teacher. So like, I, like, I don't know if this is true, but like sometimes I feel like teachers are more lenient for students that they like better. But that's just a theory of mine. But definitely doesn't help. And also like you can get that college application too. I mean, not college application, college recommendation. So you can never go wrong with that. I have a I think I have a good relationship with every single one of my teachers this year except for one. There's this one teacher and it's my band teacher. <laughs> so it doesn't matter but just except for that one teacher I have pretty much good relationships with all my other teachers. And the very last tip 
and the, the last thing I'm going to say for today, for this episode, is don't be afraid to ask questions or get extra help. So being considered one of the smarter people in my class, up until um, this year, I kind of was afraid to ask for extra help from my teachers because I don't want them to think any less of me. Which is like saying that out loud. I know it's stupid. Like teachers are there to help you. But like that's what I thought. I was like I didn't want them to think any less of myself. And it's like hard. I don't know if this is um, hard for anyone else. But it's like very hard for me to ask for help. With anything. As a matter of fact. I'd rather just do everything myself. But um, this year. So like. Um. If you know, if you don't know anything about IB, like IB is just like AP. It's like just as hard, but with more work. And like probably like 90%, like 10% of everything that I was taught this year, I didn't understand. And I made a promise to myself that that 10% will, will not exist. Like I want 100% of the things that I've been taught this year to be understood so I'm pretty sure I stayed after for extra help for every single one of my teachers all seven six all six of my teachers this year multiple times too and like that's I mean I guess I don't know it doesn't matter junior anymore because like our grading system changed but I mean the reason why I did so well it's because I did so well in terms one, two, and three that I get to maintain my GPA and rank. So, like, literally ask your teachers for help. Or if your teacher is bad, because, like, I th- I like to think of myself as privileged for the teachers I have. Like, all my teachers are awesome teachers, and they teach well. But I know sometimes you can have a bad teacher that does not teach you anything. So I just say to that... Um, Maybe ask for a peer. Maybe ask an upperclassman. Or even, like, take some initiative for yourself and go on Khan Academy or something. And teach yourself. But never leave yourself confused. Never do that. Because, like, it's important. Not, like, I'm, I'm translating this to, like, real real world stuff but like never leave yourself uneducated because like if you're if you're just confused about one thing and you trick your mind to thinking that it's okay for that um that could have a snowball effect and then like just take care of yourself in that way so yeah those are my side effects and tips on being valedictorian. And just like as a final comment to leave off this episode is like, I know that my rank does not matter to anyone besides myself and maybe like college admissions. But at the end of the day, it's something that I worked hard for myself. And you should never be ashamed of something that you worked hard for. So if you're proud about something like that, like if you're proud about a new job or a new car or whatever, like 
don't be afraid. Like, be proud of it. Don't let anyone think, don't let anyone, like, make you down about it. Which is something I'm working on every day. Okay. So that's all I have to say for this episode. So, with that being said, bye guys. See you in the next episode. Peace.